What's up, folks? What's going on? Welcome to the Spun Today podcast, the podcast that is anchored in writing but unlimited in scope. I'm your host, Tony Ortiz, and I appreciate you listening. This is episode 131, and in this episode, I speak about watching seasons 2, 3, and 4 of the Showtime show Billions. I also speak about watching the second season of The Shy, also on Showtime. Showtime's killing it lately, by the way. And lastly, Aziz Ansari's latest comedy special on Netflix titled Right Now. Stick around if you feel like hearing my take on those. But first, before we jump into it, a little house cleaning. If you'd like to help support the podcast, one of the ways you can do so that will not cost you anything and actually you get something back in return is by signing up to the Spun Today newsletter. You can do so by going to spuntoday.com forward slash subscribe. All you have to do is go there, drop in your email address, and you'll be part of the crew. I promise not to spam you with BS, and you can definitely unsubscribe at any time hassle-free. What you'll be getting from me are notices whenever I publish a book. I can send you advanced reader copies before they've been available to the public. And you'll also get the Midday Monday Boost Letter. Now, what that is, is my weekly newsletter that I send out every Monday at noon to kick the week off right and give you some cool stuff to check out. I feature a photographer every week and one of their pieces, which should come off to you as eye candy. I put you on to a podcast every week, a specific episode that resonated with me. I love podcasts and I listen to such a wide spectrum of voices and points of view from dozens and dozens of different episodes and different shows every week that when one pierces through and resonates it's definitely worth a listen which is why i share it with you guys i provide you with a cool video every week and it could be anything from a ted talk to a rap battle or an informative inspirational snippet from someone i provide you with a quote of the week to get those creative brain juices flowing, get you contemplating and philosophizing a bit. And finally, I share with you a word of the week, along with its definition, its use in a sentence, and a few synonyms for it so you can step up your vocab along with myself. So it's a pretty cool newsletter. You get it once a week, every Monday at noon, when, let's face it, you probably need a bit of a boost by Monday at noon, am I right? And you can get all of those goodies once a week, every Monday, absolutely for free by subscribing at spuntoday.com forward slash subscribe. Drop in your email address and you'll get the very next one. So first up is the show Billions. For those of you that don't know, it's a show that chronicles this hedge fund billionaire called Bobby Axelrod, which is played by... Damien Lewis, which is the guy that played Brody in Homeland. And which, by the way, has a... He's British. He has a British accent. And I didn't know that until I heard him on Brian Copelman's podcast. And Brian Copelman is the creator of Billions. And I was a bit taken aback by that. But anyway, that just a testament to how good of an actor he is. I had no idea. It also... The show is also about... His nemesis, at least for the first 
a few seasons, which is the attorney general for the Southern District of New York, played by Paul Giamatti. So two amazing actors at the helm of the show, and then has a, a stacked cast, and with people like Dan Soder, which is cool for me to see, because I've heard him on so many podcasts, he's a, he's a comic, a New York comic, and I've heard him on Ari's podcast a bunch of times. Maggie Siff, which plays Paul Giamatti's wife, and also is a top employee at Axe Capital. She's like the company's psychologist and performance coach. David Costable plays my favorite character on the show, which is Mike Wags Wagner. He's like Bobby Axelrod's right-hand man. Who else? Uh, Asia Kate Dillon, which plays Taylor Mason, which is like a brainiac financial analyst that works uh, for the hedge fund, then winds up opening up, spoiler alert, winds up opening up her own shop and going against uh, Bobby Axelrod and pretty much at odds with him. Terry Kinney plays a character, a very clandestine character called Hall that does like a lot of dirty work for Bobby Axelrod. And he was McManus in the HBO show Oz, which was the, not the warden, because the the warden was Warden uh, Leo Glenn, but McManus was like the day-to-day person at the prison in Oz. And it's just like a, a, a dope show that I'm drawn to because I'm into I'm into finance, right? My my day job is in finance, and it's something that's always interested me since before the ten some odd years that I have working where I work at now. It revolves around finance. It has heavy dialogue, which I uh, hats off to the creators again: Brian Copelman, David Levine, and Andrew Ross Sorkin. And Andrew Ross Sorkin, for those of you that don't know, is not to be confused with uh, Aaron Sorkin, which is my favorite screenwriter, who created shows like The Newsroom and wrote the, the Social Network movie. I think he created Veep. Or not Veep, uh, West Wing. He's also the writer behind To Kill a Mockingbird, the, the Broadway play that's currently... Uh, on Broadway, which I received tickets for as a gift from my brother, shout out to David, for my birthday this year. And the play, I'm going to watch it uh, at the end of August, which I'm excited for. Anyway, not to be confused with Aaron Sorkin, Andrew Ross Sorkin wrote a a book, which I read a lot of that I have, but I never finished it, uh, called Too Big to Fail. And it's around the economic crash and real estate crash of 2008. From what I remember, it's been a while since since I picked it up, but it was a good book. I just had finished reading The Big Short uh, by Michael Lewis, which to me was just like a masterpiece of writing. And I felt like I was getting, I don't want to say a lot of the same, but there's obviously a lot of overlap. So I just never got around to finishing it, but... Either way, those three are the creators of the show, and there is heavy dialogue throughout the show, which I love. That's like my favorite thing when it comes to like shows, or movies, or or writing my own writing. I'm heavy, heavy into dialogue, especially when it's well done, when it's well written. It's like a a dance 
a verbal dance being executed to perfection by the people involved. Anyway, so I first saw season one of Billions when I was actually on my way to India for work. And I was on the plane. It's like, it's it's two planes you have to take to get over there. The first flight, if I remember correctly, was, I want to say like 11, either 11 or 13 hours long. And the second flight is about four hours, four and a half. And it's like when flying to Abu Dhabi, it's that long. And then from Abu Dhabi to India is the other, like, I want to say three and a half or four and a half hours. I was flipping through the the movie selections on the plane. And Billions was a show that I didn't have Showtime at the time. And I saw, like, commercials for stuff like that. And I knew that I could, you know, like, download it, torn in or whatever, allegedly. And um, I kind of had it, like, in the back of my mind that I wanted to see it. But I just hadn't gotten around to it. And I was like, well, you know, what else am I going to do on an 11-hour flight? Might as well, you know, give it a whirl. They had, like, the entire first season uh, available on the plane. So I was like, all right, fuck it. Let me check out the first episode at least. Which I did, and I was hooked. I literally watched, on the way to India, seven episodes back-to-back. And back-to-back. No sleep. Just fucking seven hours. (laughs) <laughs> of billions that's how like instantly into the show i got and then i saved the rest of the first season for my my trip on the way back from india i watched the remaining of it on my way back and you know absolutely loved it it was a great show was really looking forward to the rest of the seasons and unfortunately i didn't have showtime and again you know it was I guess, like, into different things and didn't prioritize watching it, but it it was, again, one of those shows that I wanted to watch. I really liked it. And eventually wound up getting around to it after the fourth season had aired. And I was like, fuck it, now's as good a time as any. Let me get back into it. I have a showtime now. I finished watching whatever else, you know, like other shows and shit that I've obviously shared with you guys here on the podcast. I was like, you know, I got fucking three seasons worth that I could, like, binge pretty much, uh, which is what I did. I definitely spaced it out more than, you know, watching a full season in two sittings. But I got through the remaining uh, three seasons through the end of season four, and it did not disappoint. I thought at times that it might, that it might start, like, falling off uh, for me, like, similar to Homeland did. After uh, Brody died, I think I saw, like, a few episodes in Homeland. And, or maybe, like, one more season I saw in Homeland. And then I I just, like, like fell off. I stopped watching. And I thought that maybe that would start happening with this show, but it it didn't. Um, For those of you that don't know, the dynamic of it is pretty much Paul Giamatti wanting to indict uh, Bobby Axelrod for, you know, insider trading and illegal financial shit. And he's, like, pretty gung-ho about it. And, you know, he's the good guy. Bobby Axelrod's the bad guy. And as the show progresses, you see the bad guy turning a little good and the good guy turning a little bad. And they kind of cross each other in terms of morality. And Bobby Axelrod, the hedge fund guy, 
start showing just start showing more signs of of humanity and morality and just uh, choosing to do right and Paul Giamatti's character uh bending the rules and the law and in some cases flat out breaking the law to try to get his ultimate goal which now he's blinded by which is to arrest Bobby Axelrod on something at all costs it's an interesting juxtaposition that those two characters have with each other and by no means does Bobby Axelrod become like some sort of uh, philanthropist saint you know he's still like a cutthroat businessman that'll like sell his own mother to make a buck type of character but he's just like less shady about it or becomes uh, less shady about it and you see him like contemplating things more more so than willy-nilly being flippant about shit then you have the dynamic where Paul Giamatti's wife and mother of his children is like Axelrod's one of not his right hand uh, woman but he's she's like a high-ranking member of the hedge fund and a very uh, valuable asset to him and the team she's in a place where she's balancing like these two worlds and she knows these guys hate each other and Axelrod would love to destroy Chuck which is uh Paul Giamatti's character and and vice versa and she's like fully aware obviously of what's going on and she kind of stays out of their their personal vendetta against each other but it's a fine line right it's like a, a tightrope that she's walking between those two uh it's such a good show and it, it's like a nice view into like the dynamics of the traders on the trading floor and the attorneys that work for for the ag and like their career dynamics and maneuvering that goes on within their lawyer world it's so good so rich there's a lot of depth to the show and above all else the dialogue is off the hook if you like dialogue there's a shitload in this show a lot of monologues but yeah you guys should definitely check out the show i'm gonna play you a quick clip it's like a little mini monologue by wags which is the guy that i told you was my favorite character speaking to Wendy Rhodes, which is Paul Giamatti's wife, Chuck Rhodes' wife, and the employee there at Axe uh, Capital. Remember, Wags is Bobby Axelrod, which is the billionaire hedge fund guy, uh, his right-hand man, and Wendy is the like office psychologist and very important to, to the team, and definitely one of the higher-ups that everyone like looks to for advice and stuff like that, and she's having like a hard time career-wise this is like a little mini like motivational monologue that wags like tells her um after he meets her at at uh at a fancy like hotel bar check it out i don't know if you're aware but i am also an unlicensed doctor a medicine man of sorts and surgeon of the drinking arts I'm going to place a steady stream of prescribed medications before you and you are going to quaff deeply and repeatedly and a little flicker of the warm and giddy will grow and spread and we will laugh about the days of yore and we will toast the comrades who have fallen and yet may fall and you will forget the vicissitudes of the last few days 
and you will remember who you are. And who's that? The only woman I've ever enjoyed drinking with. Well, then there's one thing we should do. Get properly fucking drunk. Who uses words like vicissitudes? <laughs> that's awesome. That's the type of shit that he says. That's the type of character that he is, if you can deduce it from that very short clip. But yeah, it's a dope show. You guys should definitely check it out. I recommend it. Billions available on Showtime. Next up is The Shy, which is another show that is also available on Showtime. Now, The Shy is a show that was created by Lena Waithe. And the way I've heard her describe it, it's a show about the south side of Chicago and trying to depict and show the families and folks that are growing up and living and working and surviving in the south side of Chicago despite all the rhetoric and violence and shit that we hear about on the news all the time. You know, we're always hearing about uh, murders that are taking place and gang violence and, you know, every weekend, every other weekend, there's, you know, a handful of of shootings happening in the south side of Chicago. And so much so that we have become, like, desensitized to it, almost. We're kind of just like, oh, another shooting, oh, another person died. I heard her, uh, and by her, I mean uh, Lena Waithe, say something to the effect of, and I'm completely paraphrasing, that this show, you know, once we start following, like, stories of Brandon, which is played by Jason Mitchell, which is the guy that played Easy e in, in the uh, Straight Outta Compton movie, the character of Ronnie Davis, played by, I'm going to butcher his real name, Ntari Guma Bajo Mwine. And Emmett Washington, played by Jacob Lattimore. Kevin Williams, played by Alex Hibbert. Stanley Papa Jackson, Jada Washington, Jake Taylor, Jericho Little. Those are all the character names, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. As we start making connections to these characters and, and following their uh, trajectory throughout the show, when we hear stories, you know, real stories about, uh, you know, another kid getting shot and stuff like that, we kind of don't take it as lightly. We picture that happening to like an Emmett Washington or Kevin Williams on his way to school, etc. And when she said that, it I felt like Lena was like a legit Dion Warwick could tell me what I was thinking, psychic or something, because that's exactly how I feel after watching the first two full seasons of The Shy. I'm a really big Lena Waithe fan, just like on the strength of her interviews alone and her like acting on Master of None, her writing on the coming out uh, show uh, on the Master of None that she won an Emmy for. She was also in one of my favorite uh, fiction books, which is Ready Player One, that was uh, turned into a movie and she played the character of H in that movie which is one of the main characters, and she knocked it out of the box. And she's just a, a dope 
talented person that you can tell has a vision and mission and knows what she wants and is executing on so many levels and being and being the change that she wants to see. She's walking the walk. She grew up not really seeing someone that represented her like on the screen, on the TV screen, on the movie screen, and she's changing that literally. And not just changing, she has changed. And there's great writing on the show. When I'm into like a show like this, I I like following um like, you know, like reading the credits and seeing who the who the sh- uh, showrunner is and uh the writer of each individual show and following them on Twitter and and she has a real talented uh, crew of folks around her with really good acting great acting in some cases by like folks like ronnie davis is like a standout uh for me um kevin williams is really good stanley papa jackson barn fitzpatrick which plays uh reg that spoiler alert spoiler alert unexpectedly gets like mowed down shot down at the end of season two which i was not expecting at all (laughs) like i expected him to like be on the show for the long haul I really like in the might have been the last episode of season two, if I'm not mistaken as well, how there was like a theme of of forgiveness and like putting down that weight that you're carrying around when you are like burdened by the grudge that you're holding against someone and how they're equally burdened as well. And you see it in how first detective Cruz comes to uh brandon's house and he's waiting for him on the stoop you know it's a tough thing for him to do and he's like uh sipping on a on a pabst blue blue ribbon beer and he confesses to being the one that told ronnie that coogie which is brandon's brother younger brother was by the body of jason which is ronnie's son so jason ronnie's son was hanging out coming home from his girl's crib one day he winds up getting shot and killed uh ronnie davis which is his stepfather but that that raised him uh finds out about it and you know he runs to where well he finds out about it by detective cruz telling him that he knows uh, he doesn't know if this kid killed uh, Jay- his son Jason or not, but he saw the kid around uh, Jason's body, etc. Like after it happened, and Ronnie Davis wound up confronting the kid, and the kid had Jason, which is uh, his dad's uh, Ronnie's dead son's uh, chain on, and he confronts him. Uh, Coogie, which is the kid. Uh, says you know he didn't kill him he just like uh, took the stuff off of him after he saw the dead body took his sneakers and his chain and stuff and and was you know definitely didn't kill him or anything like that ronnie didn't believe him there was like a bit of a struggle and ronnie wound up shooting him and killing him now that kid they shot and killed was brandon's uh younger brother which is another main character of the show so ronnie's the main character brandon's the main character Detective Cruz is a big character as well. You know, there's uh, scenes earlier in the season, maybe even in season one, where 
uh, Brandon finds out and confronts Ronnie and like fucks him up like physically like beats him up and then Kevin which is a little kid uh winds up like picking up this gun that Brandon had in his book bag and and he shoots um just to like scare them whatever to get them to stop fighting and winds up like shooting Ronnie and Ronnie almost dies and anyway I'm I'm like meandering right now especially if you haven't seen the show but <laughs> the point is that brand that uh detective cruz winds up going to brandon and confessing and telling him that he's the one that told ronnie that coogie which is his little brother was around the body of jason which is ronnie's son and so it's his fault that coogie winds up getting killed and he lets like that weight off and in that like release you know, they clarify some things for, for Brandon and, you know, fast forward a little bit in, in the episode, Brandon winds up bumping into Ronnie again and then, you know, going up to Ronnie and, you know, he's crying, Ronnie's crying and, you know, he's like really pissed at him, but he says that he, he found out that it, he thought that it was, that Kui killed his son so he fucking hates him, but he understands, he gets it, etc., and winds up, like, forgiving Ronnie. Then that weight gets, like, lifted off of Ronnie, and also Brandon. And then Ronnie grew up without his dad and then found out in a traumatic way that his father lived across the street from him the whole time when he was being raised by his grandmother, but he didn't notice his father until after he, like, left, and his grandmother told him, and he moved down south and he never forgave him and at the end of the show he winds up going to see his father which is seems to be like not on his deathbed but you know he's an old man walking around with an oxygen tank and stuff like that and he winds up forgiving his father and it's just like that like pattern and theme of forgiveness that seems to be giving each of these characters like a release that they've been like looking for you know, Ronnie especially, he's like a recovering alcoholic and constantly like dealing with his demons and shit. Especially after killing Coogie, which he you can tell he really regretted. Now, in the show, there's six major storylines. Like six major characters. All of which intertwine and mix up in some way. Like there's Brandon and his fiance them that makes up like two of the the main stories then you have ronnie the character of emmett and his mother which is uh, uh his mother uh, jada which are another two of the big storyline characters and then you have kevin and then to a lesser extent uh his boys jake taylor and, and stanley papa jackson in all the characters like intertwine. Like Kevin grew up like without his dad and his mom's lesbian and he kinda looks up to to Brandon's character a bit and he's kinda looking for like a big brother slash father figure in him, it seems like. Uh Emmett uh, meets and starts uh, working with uh Brandon whose character is a chef in the show and uh, starts his own food truck and names it after his, his deceased uh, younger brother, Coogie. And he's like a phenomenal chef, wound up 
like joining a competition of chefs in Chicago and while they're finishing third out of 50. What else? What else? Anyway, so two of those six main characters, which is Brandon and his fiance, Jerrica, played by Tiffany Boone, are not coming back for season three. Now, the reason being is stuff that happened offset. Jason Mitchell, which is Brandon's character, wound up, and again, is the guy that played Easy e in Straight Outta Compton, was fired from the show. He was also dropped by his agent and his management due to uh, continued inappropriate advances to his co-star, uh, which is his fiance on the show, and sexual harassment. And he was also previously accused of assaulting a woman in in 2016 at a at a hotel after she like uh, didn't want to get with him or something. And he also had uh, a third set of allegations that are that are known in public off of the set of uh, either a show or a movie called Desperados. So he winds up it was kind of like the last straw with uh, his co-star on the show. Where he was uh, again, like continuously, like inappropriate with her. She felt uncomfortable. She said that she was leaving the show. He was fired. Lena Waithe, um, on a Breakfast Club interview, said that you know Tiffany Boone chose to leave, but she always has a place in the show if she ever wants to come back, and she just wants to make sure that she feels safe, etc. But Brandon obviously is uh, fired and can't come back to the show, regardless. It's like a big blow to the show because they have two like main storylines, especially Brandon. He's like probably out of all the characters, like probably had like the most screen time, I would I would guess, I would say, and has one of like the bigger storylines that interacts with even more characters than how all the other ones interact with him. So it's a devastating blow to the show. But the show I'm sure will still be fine for season three and onward. Uh, after the fact what i'm most looking out for and kind of in a weird way excited about just from a creative standpoint is to see how the writers write themselves out of of that hole are they just gonna take like the narrative choice of focusing on the remaining characters main characters on the show and you know propping them up to bigger roles are they going to introduce new characters to focus on? Are they going to try to substitute Brandon with someone else, like a lookalike kind of, and continue his storyline? Or write off his character in a a one-line throwaway where his cousin says, I can't believe these, these guys eloped and left or something. You know what I mean? Like something like that. I don't know. But I am very, very curious as to see which direction the show takes for season three. So I'm really looking forward to it. Again, it is The Shy. Short for Chicago, C-H-I. I recommend it. It's available on Showtime. Seasons one and two are out now. And last but not least, we have the stand-up comedy special, the latest stand-up comedy special of Aziz Ansari. Available on Netflix, which is titled Right Now. Now, this was an interesting special from the way it was shot that you can tell and, you know, it stands out straight off the bat from the beginning. 
it's like a more intimate feel, a more like in your face kind of uh, camera angle. And Aziz is lower energy compared to like his usual specials where, where he's like walking around, pacing, jumping, dancing and shit. He's like sitting on a stool for the most part, probably probably for the majority, the vast majority of the show. He's um just like sitting on a stool. It kind of reminded me of like a like a Dave Chappelle style performance, if you will, like the the Dave Chappelle that did an in, in Equanimity special, the uh like the second one when he did it in the the smaller uh comedy club versus the the theater, and it was like an intimate pull the crowd in type of show and he addressed straight off the bat the allegations that he had against him um uh, you know he aziz got caught up in the whole like me too thing uh with a which is more of a a date gone wrong in most uh, popular opinion and i agree with that sentiment just from you know what i heard from it it's a girl that came came out saying that she felt uncomfortable when she was with him and she only did certain things that she did because she felt pressured to because of his like stardom or something along those lines. It could, it could be mixing up the details a bit, but basically he's a chick that he was on a date with. She wound up giving him head and didn't want to have sex. He said okay and sent her home in an Uber. She said that that was in some way, shape, or form sexual harassment. And that she only gave him head because he was a big star and she felt that she had to because they had already gone out to dinner. Now, my personal opinion is that he did the right thing in that situation in that, you know, he took a lady out to dinner, invited her back to his place. They started fooling around. She wanted to stop, and he did. And then he sent her home. That's the way that's supposed to progress. That situation. You know, being that she wanted to stop. If not, the way it was, quote unquote, supposed to progress is, you know, they continue doing their thing, spend the night together. And then she leaves in the morning type of thing. But that didn't happen. She wanted to put a stop to it. He stopped, to his credit, and sent her home. Now, she didn't come out saying that he, like, forced her upon him or anything like that so there's no no allegations like that it's not like some harvey weinstein type shit like it wasn't anything rapey it was like a some sort of like presumed i owe you this because you're a famous person and you took me out to dinner type of thing on her part which i don't know i don't i don't think it's fair to put that on other people like your assumptions based on what you think somebody else is imposing on you is not really real you know what i mean like that's something that you created in your head and imposed it on yourself and then to go ahead and make uh something like that public and or and i don't know if she did that intentionally or if, or if it was just you know because he's, he's a celebrity you know things became public in the client in this uh, like me to climate where people are like losing their jobs and and stuff like that was just like a Ryan thing to do I think, and more you know more power power to him to Aziz that he still apologized and still said on his comedy special 
is going to be seen and viewed by millions, probably. You know, he still apologized, still said that if this situation was able to make him realize that he has to be that much more sensitive to other folks around him and people that he dates and that friend a friend of his said that he's looking back on his own like personal dates and the way he approaches women and stuff like that that it's ultimately like a positive good thing and i thought that was pretty pretty decent and and big of him to do but let's definitely not lump him into the the harvey weinstein bill cosby drugging raping women bucket it's not the same thing. I like the theme of of his hour, or a theme of his hour, was highlighting how important context is. And when you hear or read about a story, apply it to the context of the situation and the time. And he pointed out how like jokes that were done on shows like Park and Rec or The Office or, or you know, take your pick from shows from the 90s, 2000s. They were perfectly fine and funny at the time, but now would be considered, you know, sexual harassment and shaming and the writers would probably go to jail by 2019 social justice warrior standards, you know what I mean? And that's not fair either like whitewashing history like who's that helping like like things like uh kevin hart not hosting the oscars after being asked to because of a tweet that he tweeted out a decade ago and apologized for and then re-apologized for again was you know he was demonized for it it's like fuck you at a certain point it's like if the apology isn't enough and a sincere apology isn't enough. And like, when when do those folks stop? When your head is on a pitchfork, it's like, all right, relax yourself. And go fuck yourself. So, like, that theme to the show. And one of my favorite parts of the show, which, spoiler alert, by the way, if you haven't seen it yet, is that he's, like, telling the audience about, um like, different news stories. And then he's like, uh, he acts by like a round of applause. How many people in the audience uh, heard the story of a pizza delivery guy deli- delivering a pizza? And the pizza, it was a pepperoni pizza, and the pepperonis were put into the shape of a swastika on the pizza. And the people wanted the wanted him to get fired. And other people said that it was like freedom of speech, like type of thing, something like that. I'm paraphrasing. Um, but he's like by a show of hands who, you know, who saw the story and, you know, a bunch of people clapped and then, um, he picked out a specific person from the audience and singled him out. And he asked him like, if he remembers like where he saw the story and he's like, eh, I'm not sure. And then Aziz tells him, you know, cause the New York times reported it and then the Washington post reported it, but the Washington post wound up redacting the story because they found out that the photo of the pizza with the pepperoni swastika on it was, um, uh, photoshopped uh, doctored photo and they didn't, they didn't know it at the time so they redacted the story so some people that saw the new york times story thought you know it was like this egregious thing and the people that saw the washington post story um realized that it was a fake story 
And then the guy was like, oh, yeah, maybe it was in the Washington Post then that I, that I saw it. And then Aziz finishes it off with, with saying that he didn't see it because he made up the entire thing. Like, the, the entire pepperoni swastika pizza story was fake. Like, he just invented that for the show. And then pointed out how so many people, like, clapped, saying that they did hear the story. And then this guy, like, doubled down on it, the one that he singled out. And it's just to, like, depict that sequence in, in that hour is like a microcosm of how we are as a society today. Like, in being the type of society that prioritizes social media and reads headlines and doesn't look deeper into stories and follows trends more so than wanting to be individualistic, if that's a word, and picks teams, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And that's a really important concept to like hone in on. It's a, it was a really good special. You come out of it contemplating shit. And also, I laughed throughout the whole thing. Like, Aziz Ansari is a really good comic. He's been doing comedy, at the, I want to say, upwards of 15 years. I think he said like 16 to 18 years, something like that. You know, he's a bona fide pro, obviously. He sells out all around the world. You know what I mean? But. I think he gets like a little, I don't know if it's resentment or or hate or maybe it's none of those things. Maybe it's just like honest opinion of like other comics that kind of think they he's like a bit gimmicky and maybe hacky even. But I think that what he did with this special shows that he's like way above all that. He's a bona fide pro. And I recommend that you guys check out right now. That's the title. I'm not telling you to check it out right right now, this instant. Although you could, and you won't be disappointed. But check out right now, which is the latest comedy special released in 2019 by Aziz Ansari. And it is streaming on Netflix. And that's all I got for you folks. That's episode 131 of the Spun Today podcast. The podcast that is anchored in writing, but unlimited in scope. I hope you guys enjoyed it. And if you will, stick around, listen to some tunes, and then hear a bunch of different ways you can help support the Sponsor Day podcast and keep this bitch going. Once again, I'm your host, Tony Ortiz, and I really appreciate you listening. Explosive. West Coast shit, my niggerish ways attract Girls that used to turn they back Causing me to yank they arm and pose like I would do them all Now I'm saying thank you cause they tell me My shit's the bomb explosive For my niggas drinking cognac, smoking weed Always fat, more than one firearm Chrome rims riding on Chronic in your system, let me know My shit's the bomb explosive West Coast shit, nigga. Overdosage, imperial pistols, ferocious. Fuck a bitch. Don't tease, bitch. Strip tease, bitch. Eat a bowl of these, bitch. Gobble a dick. Hoes forgot to eat a dick and shut the fuck up. Goggle and swallow a nut up. Shut up and get my cash. Backhanded, pimp slap backwards and left stranded. Just pop your collar. Pimp convention, hoes for a dollar. Six deuce in the plush, six deuce in parlor. Pimping hoes from Texas to Guatemala. Bitch niggas pay for hoes just to lay with hoes. Relax one night. And pay to stay with hoes Captain save them all day bitch. Well say this dick Bitch nigga You more of a bitch than a bitch You ain't into hitting pussy Or hitting the switch You into hitting bitches off of the grip You punk bitch, bitch. All bitch. my real dogs 
still kick it with me. All my down hoes still tripping with me. All the true gangsters know they ain't never love no gold. All the hood rats still shake it for me. All my true fans still check it for me. All the real smokers know they ain't passing nothing but dope and Real trees, chronic Would you like to receive a short email from me once a week? You know that feeling you have on a Monday at work when you have absolutely nothing to look forward to except for lunch? Have no fear, the Midday Monday Boost letter is here. In this short weekly newsletter, you will receive five things. One is a photograph of the week from a photographer, a podcast of the week. I listen to tons of podcasts, dozens and dozens of podcasts, hundreds of episodes, and I cherry pick the best ones and I share them with you here. You'll also receive a video of the week, which could be anything from a rap battle to a TED talk. You receive a quote of the week, something to let marinate in your mind, and a word of the week so that you and I can both step up our vocab. So if any of that sounds of interest to you, check it out. Check out the subscribe page at spuntrade.com forward slash subscribe. Drop in your email address and you'll receive the very next one. For any writers or creatives out there, I have a questionnaire. It's a five question questionnaire that anyone is free to fill out. It's located at spuntrade.com forward slash questionnaire. And what it is, is five open-ended questions related to your craft. It's things like what inspires you to write or create whenever you don't feel the inspiration to do so. What are your favorite apps or tools or tricks to trick yourself into getting into the mind state of actually creating? What inspires you, etc., etc., stuff like that. And what I do with your responses is share them on a future episode of the podcast. Now, you can choose to remain anonymous if you choose to. You have that option right there when you fill out the questionnaire. And if you do not choose to remain anonymous, I give you a shout out on the podcast and promote for free whatever it is that you have going on. So I appreciate you in advance for sharing that with me, as well as the rest of the listeners of the Sponsor podcast, which would stand to gain from you filling out the questionnaire. Now, you can help support the podcast in a myriad of ways. One way which does not cost you anything and is most popular within the podcasting community is by shopping on Amazon using my affiliate links banner. So the way that works is you go to spontaneity.com forward slash affiliate links or just click on the affiliate links tab at the top center of the page. And there you will see a banner for Amazon. You literally just click on that and it takes you to Amazon's website where you do your shopping like you normally do. It does not cost you anything extra, but Amazon will give me a kickback just for driving traffic to their website. So that would be a big help. It literally costs you nothing extra financially, just costs you a couple of extra clicks of your mouse before you do your Amazon shopping. The iTunes banner that's on that same page works the same way. So if you're purchasing music or movies or 
whatever it is on iTunes. Feel free to go through my affiliate link portal there as well. If you want to make a one-time uh, PayPal donation, feel free to do so. There's a PayPal donation button on there as well. Within that same tab, you'll also find a link to the Spun Today Viral Style Store. Now, the Viral Style Store is a store where you can get Spun Today merch, whether it's a coffee mug or a t-shirt that I personally designed. And spoiler alert, I'm no, I'm no Ralph Lauren or, you know, whoever designs Gucci stuff. <laughs> but... I did create the design of those shirts myself. I have a couple t-shirts on there. One that says, for example, right need every day, which is a playoff of Snoop, Dre, and Nate Dogg's smoke weed every day. So it's right need every day. with like a puff cloud of smoke behind it. I have a podcast versus everybody t-shirt and uh, just stuff like that. So check it out. The link to the viral style store is also there. You can also help support the podcast on a reoccurring basis if you become a Patreon supporter. Now, Patreon is pretty cool, and it there's a little um, video explanation of what it is and how it works, but I'll try to do my best to summarize it here. Basically, you sign on to Patreon, which is a free service, free account, and you can support not just myself, but any other uh, podcasters or creatives that also have patreon pages and you can choose to for example donate a dollar to them on a per episode basis so the spun today podcast has two uh, episodes a month so if you donate a dollar to it it'll be two dollars a month basically and you set it up and it just happens automatically on a reoccurring basis there are zero fees you can cancel at any time no hassle no bullshit and it's, uh, it's a cool way to help support and is much appreciated. And also, it's not just like a, for example, uh, a PayPal donation, which is just that. But through Patreon, it allows the creator, in this case being myself, to set up a reward system, if you will. So if you donate a dollar per episode, you are considered a tier one supporter. If you donate three dollars per episode, you are a second tier supporter etc etc and it goes up to four tiers and each tier gets different things like uh, tier one gets a free spun today bookmark and a shout out on the podcast tier three gets uh gets those two things from tier one as well as a free writing piece that's not posted on on my website or available to anyone else etc etc so check that out if you will and uh, visit my Patreon page at Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com forward slash Spun Today. Another great, amazing way to help support the podcast is to rate and review it. This costs you absolutely nothing. Whether you listen on iTunes, on Stitcher, on TuneIn, on iHeartRadio, on Pocket Casts, on Overcast, on Player FM, on Google Play, on YouTube, on Tumblr, or if you listen on Podbay or any other of your favorite podcast apps, please rate and review the episode. It really is the number one way to help the show gain traction, gain exposure. You know, you could also share it with friends and family and tell them, you know, check out what this idiot is saying. Some of it is actually pretty good or it all fucking sucks and you should listen and laugh. But as long as you're listening, <laughs> it would be much appreciated. So rate and review the podcast wherever it is that you listen. 
Follow me on Twitter or on Instagram at Spun Today. Like the Facebook fan page at facebook.com forward slash Spun Today. Subscribe to my YouTube page as well. All podcast episodes are available on YouTube as well as clipped versions. For example, with the random rant episodes, you know, I speak about a bunch of different topics instead of having the full episode alone, which is also available on YouTube. But you also have snippets of the different topics broken up into more digestible chunks. So check that out. You can also support by checking out my book, Make Way For You, Tips For Getting Out Of Your Own Way. It's a quick short read if you're looking for some inspiration and motivation. And you can find out more about it at spuntray.com forward slash books. There you'll find a video of me telling you all how the book came to fruition, as well as a couple of audio excerpts. If you're interested, you can purchase it wherever books are sold. Kindle, iBooks, Kobo, in ebook or paperback format, which you can find on Amazon. Also, for being a Spun Today listener, I can also send you a free copy. Right there on that same landing page at sponsor.com forward slash books. Drop in your email address at the bottom of the page and I'll shoot you over a copy in the format of your choice. And that's all I got, folks. Thanks again for checking out this episode. And as always, substitute the mysticism with hard work and start taking steps in the general direction of your dreams. Thanks for listening.